I have a dream. So declared Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on August 28th in 1963, as he spoke on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. That dream of Martin Luther King envisioned an end to racism and civil injustice in America. Realize this, nobody did more for the blacks and the whites toward unifying us into one people than Martin Luther King. His life was a life well spent. Then came Barack Hussein Obama, 44th president of the United States, the first black president, a direct product of Dr. Martin Luther King's work. And what does he do? Barack Hussein Obama is not only a true racist by the strict definition of the word, but in my opinion, he is also America's chief terrorist. He continues to terrorize America behind the scenes, likely as snoozy Joe Biden's chief puppeteer. Obama's current agenda is critical race theory, the opposing nightmare to Martin Luther King's beautiful, beautiful dream. Yes, the first black president of the United States openly rejects Dr. King's dream. Every American needs to know the devilish principles behind critical race theory. And every American patriot needs to fight it hard and fight it now. We must recover the ship's helm from the grasp of Obama and every socialist Marxist elite. Along with critical race theory, we must crush this evil empire sheltered behind a curtain called the Democrat Party. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Everybody's heard of it now, and thankfully, many are loudly protesting it. Critical race theory. What exactly is its agenda, and why is it so dangerous as a mind-poisoning idea? Why is it being pushed so hard by the Marxist left? And what can you do to oppose it? It's really very, very simple. You just need to know the critical law that destroys the critical theory. You must understand that those who cry racist are the real racists. And you must step out of your comfort box and oppose this lethal doctrine being heralded from the hounds of hell. Now, I'll be the first one to admit, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, oh, no, here we go again. How much more of this nonsense can I take? And I couldn't agree with you more. I suggest we don't take it, not for a second longer. This theory is an insidious but very destructive doctrine. Some patriots actually fall for it because not only people, but words can be dressed up in sheep's clothing. And that's why your understanding of what critical race theory really is, is crucial to extinguishing it. You must know what it means. And you must know where it began. You need to understand the effect that it has on all of us, 
particularly our children, and know how to defeat it before it grabs hold of our children's minds. So let's begin by first defining our terms. Critical race theory, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica Online, is this, an intellectual movement and loosely organized framework of legal analysis based on the premise that race is not a natural biologically grounded feature of physically distinct subgroups of human beings, but is rather a socially constructed, that is a culturally invented category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color. In other words, race has nothing to do with your genetics, with your biology. It is merely a product of cultural indoctrination. Critical race theory was actually officially organized back in 1989. Hard to believe because I never really studied it or heard of it until just recently, since it has been so pushed. It actually is a precursor to the critical legal studies or CLS movement dedicated to examining how the law and legal institutions serve the interests of only the wealthy and the powerful at the expense of the poor and the marginalized. Sounds very nice. It sounds like it has merit, but does it? We have to first of all realize that critical race theory is rooted in Marxist doctrine of critical theory. Look around you and all we have, everything oppressing Americans right now has to do with Marxism. Critical race theory is the brainchild of Karl Marx and Sigmund Freud. It is a philosophy that's founded on the presupposition that social structures dominate and oppress people and therefore social structures must be dismantled however necessary. There can be no argument at all, however, that at its root, critical race theory is Marxist and it has an evil agenda. I recently discovered the words of a Christian minister named Travis McNeely. He's not really someone that I think is prominent or really well known, but I came across his website and he exposes this fact of the evil side of critical race theory very nicely in his analysis of primary sources. And you can find that on uh, a Google search of Travis McNeely Media. Travis rightly exclaims that, quote, the truth is CRT cannot survive without its roots in neo-Marxism. Well, where did critical race theory actually begin? Who is attributed with the honor of this new teaching of an old doctrine? There are actually two CRT founders. They are both legal scholars uh, and both on the faculty at the University of Alabama School of Law. One is Richard Delgado, 
Delgado teaches civil rights and critical race theory at the law school. He's a Berkeley graduate, a liberal who sought to resurrect the civil rights war in the 21st century. He also, by the way, has expounded on, quote, hate speech. I guess that goes along with hate crimes as opposed to what? Love crimes? He defends the notion of white privilege. His cohort, also teaching at the University of Alabama Law School, Gene Stefansik, has a master's uh, from the University of San Francisco. She is a faculty at the Alabama Law School, and she, along with Delgado, co-authored a book called Critical Race Theory, and Introduction. This was first actually published in 2001. So it's been around for a good 20 years. In order to understand critical race theory, you have to analyze it and break it down. It is considered a theory, but it has very, very dangerous precepts, and it can be analyzed or broken down into six basic tenets or principles, and it's very important to understand them so that you can really know what we're dealing with here. This is a very dangerous precedent, and it's one that is being taught to your children, and it is being taught at this time even to military recruits. There is something exceedingly dangerous about this because if it gains hold, it is the beginning of a purely Marxist movement that leads to death and destruction. The first and the most important principle of critical race theory is that race is socially constructed. It is not biologically natural, therefore, it is instituted by government, by social norms. Liberals also claim the same thing for sex, and hence we now have the term sexual orientation, sexual preference, gender identity. Choose your pronouns as you wish, because it has no basis in biology. If race is socially constructed, then all scientific evidence to the contrary, which shows that races of different sorts actually have different body characteristics and different physiology. Therefore, we have racial predilections for different disease manifestations, such as diabetes, which can be found in uh, greatly increased numbers in South Pacific Islanders, also increased in Latinos, and we can associate sickle cell disease with the black race, as and also skin cancer with those that don't have the accumulation of pigment cells in their skin. Melanin is protective against skin cancer, and therefore you would expect to see it in, yes, the white race. So if race is socially constructed, then you have to ignore a lot of scientific evidence to the contrary. 
Principle number two of critical race theory is that racism in the United States is now the normal, the common, ordinary life experience of most people of color. In other words, to be born non-white is to be born inferior. You are a victim of white society because your skin is darker. You have been born of the wrong race. To be born white is to be born an oppressor. You have no choice in the matter. You are destined to batter all those who are non-white. You are born guilty. That is principle number two of critical race theory. Principle number three is called material determinism, or maybe a little better definition, interest convergence. It means that the legal process and all of the functional processes of a governing society favors the interest of dominant white groups. In other words, everything that is used to determine an outcome in law, in social justice, in dealing with police officers, banks, education, it's all determined to proliferate the white race. And so principle number three says, if you are non-white, you are at a great disadvantage because the system is simply working against you. Principle number four states that people of color are associated with negative stereotypes. This seems to have some overlap with the other principles, but negative stereotyping means that all blacks are this way, all Hispanics do this or that. All people, whatever you are, non-white that is, um, you have things going against you because there's something wrong with your race. And so this is an insult to anyone not born white. Principle number five states that no person can be identified by a single group. In other words, you cannot be just black. You also have to be male or female. You have to be also taken into account for your beliefs on your femininity, your beliefs on whether you are a Christian or an atheist, or rather you support the teachings of the liberals or the conservatives. There's no such thing as being identified by race. It is a false category and it unfairly labels all persons. Finally, principle number six states that the quote, voice of color thesis reigns. It affirms that people of color are the only ones who are uniquely qualified to speak on behalf of other members of their group. Now notice they're calling it their group, not their race, because of essence, race cannot exist. It's a false category, remember that. So 
this is probably the reason why mayor uh, the mayor of chicago lori lightfoot recently said that she would only interview people of color not whites she does not realize in such a statement that she is being an extreme racist as you see in her mind she is only following good critical race theory and therefore Racism abounds in a very theory that seeks to set it right, seeks to oppose racism in the very act of supporting critical race theory, you have become a racist. It's just not right. It's not appropriate. No, it's not even possible to say that a white person could have anything to say about race theory, about racial injustice. As if Dr. Martin Luther King was always by himself with his black group. No, I think I recall in those days, although I was a child at the time, I remember how many white people were supporting him. I remember the sense of indignation and injustice that was felt by the black man in that time. And it was an artificial world to me because growing up in Rhode Island, I just simply did not see it. But racism is a horrible, evil thing. But when the people who wish to set it straight declare that there is a voice of color thesis that says white people keep out of it. You don't know what you're talking about. You have just categorized, labeled, excluded another race or more races because the Caucasian race is subdivided into many, many groups. But it doesn't matter to them. If you are white, you are lumped into one particular group. Yes, you are negatively stereotyped by those who wish not to be negatively stereotyped. So uh, the whole concept, again, goes back to the color code of which I already have spoken. Uh, race theory may have some merit as far as injustices. We have seen some genocides uh, committed by Blacks on Blacks. We have seen the same with slavery. We have seen good and evil prevailing in every racial group in the world, and that's simply because human beings are flawed people. We live in a fallen world. But to say that the voice of color must be respected, as Lori Lightfoot suggested, is to say that whites are being ostracized. They cannot partake. They are not good enough. They don't meet the standard. And this is pure hypocrisy. It's like saying only drug addicts can talk rationally about addiction. I practiced addiction medicine for many years, and I was able to help many, many people regain their lives, recover a life of self-dignity and a life that became prosperous and highly functional. I was never a drug addict, but I understood it. 
and I was able to help many. I didn't have to be a drug addict to understand the horrors of addiction. It, this is just a severe breach of logic. Can you just imagine saying something like only suicide victims can talk about suicide? Yeah, it's an absurdity, a complete absurdity. And we have to acknowledge this and recognize it for what it is. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I really want to get a handle on something, I have to just sit down and think it through. And when I think through this whole thing on critical race theory, on the theory that race is a social construct, that our birth color determines our destiny, I simply come to the conclusion of realizing that I am being played. I am being forced to play a part that I did not choose. And this is exactly the same as being a slave. If society calls all the shots on my life, then what is my life? And where is the need for personal accountability? Critical race theorists propose that white supremacists rule the government, rule the world. If that is so, then what exactly is the goal of these theorists? What do they intend to do about it? Well, it's very clear they intend to overthrow the system. And that's where things go wrong uh, pretty much from the beginning. You see, the theorists teach that people of color are inherently good and therefore people of white race, white origin, are inherently evil. And that is called oppression. You see, the very thing that they are claiming to oppose, they commit. They violate their own theory. Critical race theory is nothing more than instruction in hate. By claiming that race should not exist because it is determined by society, they actually magnify race. They emphasize a focus on race, and then they attempt a bait and switch. They substitute race for a class consciousness, and that is evil. In other words, they will claim that whites are rich and non-whites are poor. Whites are powerful and people of color are helpless. The white people are the ones who are educated all others are ignorant. Nothing could be further from the truth as we look through the history of mankind. The one key element that is missing in all of the ingredients of critical race theory is personal accountability. Without that, we have no law and order. We have no structure in society. We have no incentive to become the best person that we can become because that is stripped from us simply because we are told that we are this or we are not that. Trying to make a distinction between race and class in a free society is purely antisocial. 
if they can get you to believe that, then they can control you. And that's exactly what our liberal politicians are trying to do. I'll be the first to admit that in modern day America, definitely some people are born to privilege simply because of wealthy parents or parents who are in high positions in society. We are not all given an even hand. Every one of us is distributed some degree of wealth or poverty, strength or weakness, intelligence or lack of it. But what we do with it, how we play our hand determines who and what we are. We must not buy into the false construct that race determines any of those variables with which we have been dealt. How we use what we have determines who we are. Race has nothing to do with intelligence or capabilities or potential. Race is not socially constructed. It is a biological fact that we are born with different genetic makeups. And despite those small differences in our genetics, we are much more similar than different. We cannot ignore the scientific evidence that shows that our different body characteristics and subsequent physiology affect how we behave, who we become, and what we do. It is a fact that at one time in our country, racism was the norm in a certain part of our country. It was once a part of the ordinary life experience, but it is not any longer a factor. We no longer can put ourselves into a position of believing that we cannot achieve our potential because of our birth right or our birth hindrances. It is simply, it is simply a false statement. This is Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip on America Out Loud Talk Radio. When I return from a small break, I'd like to expose the agenda behind critical race theory and discuss the law that crushes the theory. Don't go away. My fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down? Uh, you were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list. And they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit shoptotheright.com and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. Visit shoptotheright.com and let's all make a difference. 
Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, -E -L -L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. AmericaOutloud.com Simply put, we're patriots who believe in Ronald Reagan's vision of a shining city on a hill. From sea to shining sea, you can listen in on iHeartRadio, our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa, or our world-class media player. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Back, you're listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip, your host on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I've been discussing the definition and the principles of critical race theory, something that is currently threatening America as if we haven't had enough threats to our free republic. It is time that we understand what it is and understand how to deal with it and how to oppose it. I would next like to discuss what exactly the agenda is behind critical race theory and determine if it truly has any merit whatsoever, because I would like to give our opposing forces the benefit of the doubt if there is any value in anything that they say. And if not, if their theory does not hold water, then we ought to expose it, and then we ought to trash it. Simple as that. At the beginning of the show, I shared with you the definition of critical th race theory according to the Encyclopedia Britannica Online. It stated that intellectual, this was an intellectual movement and a loosely organized framework of legal analysis that was based on the premise that race is not a natural biologically grounded feature. I take exception to that and I'll now explain why. And secondly, we must understand, and this is also mentioned in that same Encyclopedia Britannica, critical race theorists do hold that the law and legal institutions in the United States are inherently racist. They claim that laws function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African-Americans. As a French-American, I do resent that statement. 
the politics of liberalism don't go far enough, they say, in fighting the more subtle racist problems embedded in American culture. That's why they now call it systemic racism. Racism, they say, is embedded in the system, and there's nothing that anyone can do about it unless we have some sort of a great reset, unless we throw out the old and bring in the new. But I assure you that the new is nothing new at all. They claim that all minorities are being trampled upon by a power-dominant white supremacist society. And they claim that to be white is to be privileged, and therefore you, the white person, should hang your heads low in shame, shame on you for being born white. Well, it doesn't matter what race you are, what color is your skin, what your biological features are, those kind of statements should raise your dander. It is simply something that I don't feel holds water. And here's why. First of all, tell me how are Blacks held back or hindered in American society in this modern day? Uh, it was only a few years after critical race theory was formally introduced in 1989 that I applied to medical school. I was a white person. I was a male. I was a Christian. And I also was a preacher. In reality, what I experienced is that I was a victim of white disentitlement, white injustice. Many whites share my story. You see, we now actually live in a time when being a white and being a white male, and God help you if you are a white Christian male, you face some sort of an injustice. What should we call it? Social injustice? Should I call it a form of racism? I don't know. All I know is that I was handicapped because of who I was, and not because of what I did or didn't do. So, does critical race theory have any merit whatsoever? First of all, let me settle the score. Race is biological. It is not a social fabrication. It is simply an expression of genetic traits and therefore has nothing to do with morality. It has nothing to do with the law or with politics or with social norms. That is not to say that we have not created divides because of our races. It is not to say that all races have always been treated equal. It just simply depends where you live in the world and to whom you belong. I have traveled all across the country, and in different countries, I was very much the inferior race. When I deployed to Korea, even when I went to other so-called white countries like Australia or Europe, England, I felt inferior in certain ways because I didn't fit in, because it didn't, it did not meet my understanding of what was normal. Every culture, every society has 
its morals, its values, its common core of standards that are considered good or bad. And I'll be the first to admit that some of this is relative. For example, when I traveled to Australia as a 19-year-old in the Air Force, I remember going to a party with the guys and with some of the Australian girls, and I had to use the men's room, except that as I was using the men's room, in walked this beautiful young lady, and she apologized. She actually apologized to me, knowing that I was American. She says, oh, I'm sorry, we don't really pay attention to that in Australia, and it was no big thing to her, and therefore, it became no big thing to me. There was no evil intent. She was not trying to identify as a male. It was just their culture that this was not a big thing, sharing the same restroom. Unfortunately, uh, that doesn't always pan out so well because we have many perverted people who would greatly take advantage of that sort of thing. But it does show you how culture does affect people's thinking on whatever topic it may be. But when you come to critical race theory, you, you must understand that race is biological, not socially fabricated. All races have proven that in America. For example, if you work hard and if you're willing to sacrifice, then you might actually succeed big. And I know of many people from many different races who do succeed big. They made the uh, they, they took the steps that were needed to thrive, and because of their actions, they succeeded, despite all of the obstacles that all of us face in way, one way or another. Critical race theory makes you out to be a victim, and in the victim mode, success is impossible. You are self-defeated if you choose to put yourself in a victim mode. All supporters of critical race theory, in reality, seek to keep minority races or majority races, as the case is now, enslaved. And that is wrong. Critical race theory is, in itself, racism at its worst. Or it might actually have some good intent, but it's very misguided. For example, Police brutality was actually once common in America, not that long ago. Ask any older person who was born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama. If you were a black person in that society at that time, yes, you might actually have experienced police brutality, just as did Dr. Martin Luther King but who has never experienced some form of social injustice. We simply cannot fight hate with hate. We cannot teach social injustice by implementing another form of social injustice. Critical race theory teaches hate. Hate yourself if you're white and hate a white if you're not. This is evil. In reality, any teaching that seeks to divide causes weakness. Division causes weakness. We don't really need a two-party system. This was one of the greatest concerns of our first president. 
our first president said, beware of political parties, because although they can perhaps provide a balance, if one seeks to overpower the other and accomplishes it, then you have just set yourself up for a monopoly and therefore for a dictatorship, because one party will always try to overpower the other. Maybe this is the beauty of our former president, Donald Trump. Someone claim uh, our still president, Donald Trump. He was successful and he was powerful and he attracted good people, good patriotic people like a magnet because he simply sought to unify. He is no advocate of critical race theory. Recently, we've seen some good success in opposing this. In fact, Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida just banned critical race theory for very good reason. He stated, this curriculum of hate and divisiveness has no place in society, let alone our schools. That is a fact. He states further that critical race theory indoctrinates our children and teaches them to judge each other as oppressors, as inherent racists, and as victims. And again, if we live in the victim mode, we go nowhere. This must be opposed. Well, thinking it through, there is one critical law that crushes critical race theory. Remember that a law is something that is proven to work, that is proven to be replicable, and that actually cannot fail. A law, just like any law of biology or any of the physical laws, cannot but happen. And that critical law that crushes critical race theory is actually stated in the Bible in Galatians 5.14, which says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this law mentions what is most important in squelching all social injustice, all greed, all hunger for power, and all partiality in every form. And it has nothing to do with color or biological race. Imagine what would happen if all the focus that's been placed on critical race theory and racism and every other tangent of political doctrine, if all of that energy were placed on this one simple principle, love your neighbor as yourself, where might we be? Where might be all the injustice? We must learn to focus on the right things. Because if we spend enough time focusing on the right things, then we don't have time to dwell on the negative and on the evil and then on those distractors that take us away from our freedom and our pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. In the Bible, in Philippians 4, verse 8, the Apostle Paul states, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, 
whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. When you meditate, you think about something deeply. You spend time focusing on what you are thinking about. And then gradually, if you meditate on it often enough, if you think deeply about it and focus on it and make it a predominant thinking in your everyday life, all of a sudden, those things that you meditate on become your reality. They become you. And when you are able to meditate on things that are good, you simply don't have time to focus on the bad. We need to get out there and challenge school boards and politicians loudly and clearly from kindergarten all the way through college. And I am very encouraged to see that this is actually happening right now. You see, our children once were taught in kindergarten the rules of healthy living and of fair living. Do you want to be liked? Be kind. Do you want to accomplish great things? Work hard. Don't be afraid to try and don't be afraid to fail. Because through much failure, often comes some of our greatest successes. Do you want to be great? Don't try to dominate. Serve them. Serve all. And you will be considered greatest in the kingdom of heaven, according to what Jesus said. Do you really want equality and justice? Then do justly and show no partiality. Don't cut ahead of the line. Don't cut off the person in the car just to get ahead of them. Don't look for ways to outdo the other. Ask yourself, for what purpose would you do it? And never, never fear exposing evil. When you do that, you will actually obtain equality and justice. Do you want to spread unity and strengthen us by doing so? then don't stereotype. We are all much more alike than different. Do you want to continue living in a free society? Then spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid to share your faith. The word of God is what made America great. Speak those words, learn those words, study the Bible and meditate on it. All that you seek as a human being is the same as all that other normal people seek. And we need to remember that. That's why the golden rule is so very powerful. And recognize critical race theory for what it really is. Critical race theory is an appeal to weak minds as opposed to an appeal to moral strength. Moral strength comes rightly from one source and only one source, the Bible. Robert Winthrop, who was a speaker of the House of Representatives back in 1847 through 49, once uh, made a very profound quote, and this is actually taken from the Patriots Bible. Robert Winthrop was a lawyer and a philanthropist, and he stated, I quote, 
the voice of experience and the voice of our own reason speak but one language, both united in teaching us that men may as well build their houses upon the sand and expect to see them stand when the rain falls and the winds blow and the floods come as to found free institutions upon any other basis than that of morality and virtue of which the word of God is the only authoritative rule and the only adequate sanction. Now, if we had speakers of the house like Mr. Winthrop, as opposed to Nancy Pelosi, how different do you think our country would be? How greater would be America's pursuits and how much more unified a nation would we be? We must never forget that America, first and foremost, is a Christian nation. It is not a Muslim nation. It is not a Buddhist nation. It is a not comprised of atheists, but a Christian nation. When we get back to this critical law that governs people through a seasoning of the hearts of men with a righteous standard, then all these empty theories have no power upon us to destroy our minds. Like Mark, Martin Luther King, I also have a dream, and maybe you do too. I dream that all people of every race will look into each other's eyes one day and see a human soul that simply wants to be loved and accepted for who they are, just as much as you and I want that. If we can get this into the hearts and minds of our youth, then the world will be a much nicer place. I sure hope you share that dream. Martin Luther King talked and wrote about the American dream. He sought to make it a reality through his own life, and even through his living and dying, I do believe he succeeded. King taught that the church ought to have a leading role in the pursuit of social justice and social reform, but the churches need to be open and functioning. And by the church, I am not talking about a building. I am talking about a mind, about followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. Above all, Christians should be the people who are most eager to renounce evil and proclaim liberty in Christ. And when the church does its good work, then peace and harmony prevail. And sometimes doing a good work involves fighting for justice and exposing hypocrisy. And when the church is able to do this, then good things happen. But when the church itself cowers in fear and submits to a rogue government that says, you cannot come into this church unless you are vaccinated or unless you are wearing a mask or unless our government says it's okay, then that church is built on sand. It has no foundation in its work. The work of the church cannot be done. And when that happens, suffering abounds. And we're seeing it in America. You simply cannot reform a society unless you reform the heart. And this Dr. Martin Luther King knew all too well. And so he spoke from the heart to the heart, and he reached the hearts of many. 
The dream is still alive in America. Freedom warriors still abound, and they are raising their voice, and they are ready to raise their hand and do what it takes to bring America back to being one nation under God. We have across our land very many good people, parents, teachers, concerned citizens, physicians, attorneys, who are finally coming out and voicing their opposition, their strong opposition against critical race theory, against sex education and perversion in kindergarten and in grade school. Their voice is being heard. We are making a difference. And we will continue to make a difference. The love of country and our fellow man in America is still far stronger than all of the hate groups combined. Take all the liberal teachers and professors in all the great liberal colleges of our and universities of our country, and we can put them to shame if we only appeal to the truth and not cower in spreading truth and in spreading goodness. Our patriots of America are stronger than the Marxists, than the socialists, and then the Democrat Party. They are stronger than the real racists like Obama, Biden, Pelosi, and all the rest, whose only dream is to destroy our great nation because of their selfishness, because of their greed, and because of their love for power. I choose to oppose it. America is still a free republic after some 250 years. The experiment in liberty has been a great success. And now it's up to us to keep it going. The critical law of love for your neighbor as yourself makes all other theories of social injustice obsolete. We need to memorize this law. We need to teach it to our children and we need to practice it every day until it truly becomes who we are. This law of love for our neighbors is the very source of light in Lady Liberty's torch. It is the guiding light from above, from God himself. And because of that light, America has been a beacon of freedom and truth and righteousness and godliness to the entire world. Please do not hide that light that is within you, but let it shine. This is a time that we should pray for boldness. We should pray for the strength to speak up and to stand out. This is a time for action. There is no such thing as an inactive Christian who trusts God to do all of our dirty work. That is not what we were called to do. Everybody quotes Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace we have been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves it is the gift of God, and not of works, lest any man should boast. And I just don't know why everybody stops at verse 9, because it is used as a license to do nothing. Read 
verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2, which says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good Christians, will you please get out there and start doing some good works? Start raising your voice, start praying for boldness, and start opposing things like the heresy of critical race theory. Hopefully now you have some understanding, at least a little better understanding of what it is and how evil a thing it is. There is nothing that can replace personal accountability in a free society. And critical race theory proposes to take that from us. And when they do, then we are enslaved by a system created by social norms. And that is an evil. It's an evil that must be opposed. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Remember, every day of your life is a new chance to do something good in this world. Please don't hide your light in the closet. Get out today and do something. Do something good. Show the world that you care by your actions and not just by cheap words. We as American patriots and Christians will save America, but only if we do it God's way. We learn that way only by reading the Bible. Next week, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk about the criminalization of pain medicine and how we can fight it. And I'll discuss some principles of pain medicine that might greatly surprise you. I hope you'll join me. Until then, adieu.